It's September 27th, 1997, and Walking on the Sun by Smash Mouth is number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart. Welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Trav. I'm Al. I'm Quillen, and this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April 1994. Today we'll be talking about Walking on the Sun, the first single from Smash Mouth's debut album, Foosh You, Mang! Walking on the Sun spent five consecutive weeks at the top of the Modern Rock chart. Here's a clip. And just like fashion, it's a passion for the wizard and hip. If you got the goods, they'll come in by it just to stay in the click. So don't you make act now. Supplies are running out. Allow if you're still alive. Six to eight years to arrive. And if you follow them, maybe I'll tomorrow. But if we are the shine, you might as well be walking on the sun. Hey, 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 it's podcast time. Yeah, indeed. Uh, okay, so um, this is a big hit by a band that's become kind of a, a meme lately mm-hmm. that um, has both ironic appreciators and surely must have some genuine appreciators. Um, Big song uh, also peaked at number six on the adult alternative chart, number 13 on the mainstream rock chart, and number two on the pop chart. Uh, big, big deal. Uh, let's start with Quillen. How do you feel about Walking on the Sun? I like this song. I, I, I always have. I've always, I've always liked this song. Yeah. Um, it is... The only Smash Mouth song that I like. Um, it is really catchy. The chorus is very memorable. Even after listening to the album, it's still your favorite Smash Mouth song. Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the, that is some interesting laughter. It's not sorry about your penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a bonus track. That that's I, I'm pretty sure that's. <laughs> uh, but if it were on the album. <laughs> I think that that is uh was on the single on the actual single of this of Oh Walking really? Sun. Yeah. Okay. All right. We can talk about Sorry About Your Penis later for sure. Sure. Um uh-huh. Yeah, no, no, this song's great. I yeah. I I love the production, I love the melody. Um it sounds like I I guess I didn't realize how ska it is. Um the chorus is very ska. There's actual upstrokes. I don't think I ever really noticed that before. Um hmm. on the guitar um yeah not sure what else to say it it just is really clever really good production um sonically very clever um is what i'm trying to say um and yeah sounds great into it all right trav you uh you you love it as much or more um i just want to go back a second i'm haunted by something you said which is that there must be 
genuine Smash Mouth fans. And I can't... You you got one right here, baby. I'm. You're not a genuine <laughs> no. Smash no, 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 Mouth no. fan. No. You're an ironic Smash Mouth fan. Mm. And I can only imagine no. that it would... Uh, no irony. No irony yeah. with this song. <clears throat> no, not with a song, with the band. I think I pretty unironically hate them, but uh, oh. I, I, okay. I, I do oh really like this song. Oh, well, I'm just imagining that if, if somebody were to like them in 2022, it's evolved from liking All-Star ironically yeah, and being like, oh, yeah, this is fun. And then like maybe it just stops being funny and they keep listening to it and are like, oh, yeah, okay. I think their later career reveals another audience for them, which is children. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. They, starting, starting with Shrek, they started doing, they did the entire soundtrack to an animated movie after they did uh, I'm a Believer for Shrek. Oh. So there, there must be some of that going on. And then I saw like in 2018, they did a re-recording of this entire album acoustically. Which means to me, like, so there must be someone that liked this album. It mystifies me that someone <laughs> liked this album. But um, anyway, yeah, okay. Uh, I also like the idea of uh, a 45 record that says on the front, Walking on the Sun, backed with Sorry About Your Penis. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Walking on the Sun's pretty good. Um, I think I was resistant for a long time. Um, and I know Quillen has always loved it for as long as I've known Quillen. Every time he greets me, he says, how do you feel about walking about walking about the sun? <laughs> and I say, I, I don't like it, man. Um, but not too long ago, um, <laughs> during the pandy, uh, we drove out to Chicago, right? And we, Quillen and I went to visit Alec and we drove to the practice space to jam on the very songs that we talk about on this podcast. Uh And we heard Walking on the Sun. And I heard the marimba for the first time. And I said, is that marimba? And (laughs) Colin said, oh, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh. And that part of the song kind of changed my perspective on it. And I really, I really do like it. I think, um, I think... That the intro, which is also the bridge, is an awesome mm. like tension builder where it stops. And I think there's like maybe are those bass chords? The, if it's do, not bass um, chords, it's maybe an do, organ. Yeah. Or like baritone guitar or something. I don't know. It, it sounds like I, don't, I always thought it was bass chords. So I would have thought that it was keyboard, but then I kind of, I watched the music video for the first time since I was a kid today, and I had always thought that the main riff was keyboard. I thought it was like a distorted organ, and no, that's guitar. The boom, down, 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 down. Yeah. Down, down, down. I had no idea. Funny, I thought that so, was keyboard too. Yeah, no, that's guitar. It's guitar with a funny tone. Yeah, I, I definitely would think that that part that you're you're thinking of is keyboard but i don't know but that's those are the best parts of the songs going from that that slow or not slow but quiet part and there's like you know four snare hits that's the fill going into the song and it's just great Yeah, the drumming is 
like perfect for like yeah it, it really is and the, the the drums sound great they sound uh-huh. like authentically uh retro like they sound like something from the 60s or 70s like they did a really really good job of capturing like whatever sound you would consider this i guess like psychedelic like yeah mod it's just this, yeah. like late 60s kind of yeah um now marimba travis it's funny because i do not remember this conversation uh what what is the marimba part um this is a love attack. Da, 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 da. The, the I don't know if it's like along to that. Yeah, if it's marimba or vibes or what yeah. it is, but huh. it's some kind. Yeah, of I didn't notice that thing um, that like goes with the vocal melody. This is a love attack. Yeah. I, I recall now. Um, the like organ kind of part, like the solo, that's a Farfisa organ. Yeah, yeah. that's right. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Saw it in the yeah. video. Great song. Great sound. The highlight of the video. Yeah. 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 Al, what, sort of like that that '96 Tears. Yeah. Sound. Yeah. Al, what did you think? Um, I, I think it's I'd like it fine. Uh, it's curious to hear us such a straightforward '60s tribute at this time in the 90s but at the same time kind of like i don't remember when what exact year austin powers yeah. came out but like it feels very austin powers to me that's a great point yeah yeah um especially the video yeah, yeah. i i you know i i what i found myself thinking primarily this time around was that i i liked the video I liked that it was this kind of like decaying technicolor thing, and um, I th- the lyrics seem pretty interesting. Uh, they're sort of like about seems to me that they're about hippies and about sort of like you know and, and not an unusual topic, but it seems like the perversion of sort of like the hippie dream by consumerism or whatever. Mm. Um, but. Uh, I think that the nineties are an interesting time to like kind of reflect on the hippies and on free love and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. And, yeah. um, it's, I don't know. Um, it, it's a, it's a tidy little pop song and it's kind of silly, but there's a, a little bit of darkness to it just in that you know there's some of the kind of the typical 90s like oh look at all these consumers but there's also a little like maybe like a hint of sadness about kind of like losing the 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 dream of the late 60s or the ideals of the late 60s so i don't know there's enough to keep it afloat for me it's not something i'm ever gonna seek out and Mm -hmm. um especially in the context of the album it, it makes me like the song less hearing uh, the rest just getting a, a sense of who these guys really yeah. are yeah because it because it's a, like a dip in quality in the album <laughs> like it's going really well until walking on the sun <laughs> happens and then it's like oh god get uh, back to the good stuff we'll talk about the album in a little bit uh, uh i oh uh austin powers came out in may of 1997 by the way so oh, there you go yeah like the timing is pretty spot on um I'm pleasantly surprised. I fully expect it to be alone here on this, on this song. Yeah, I mean, let's be clear. I'm not saying that I particularly like this song, but uh, there are things that I like, for sure. Hey, I'll take it. 
Yeah. Uh, misheard lyric. I was kind of pleasantly mm. surprised by. Uh, old enough to relate. I always thought it was old enough to be laid. You got to be there when oh, you're, Jesus. what is it? When your daughter, when your children. What? Are old enough to be laid. Ah. Oh my God. I, that's, I, it's a, I mean, the 90s were, you know, and people liked being edgy. <laughs> I did not know. Uh, Guy Fieri? Yeah, I mean, obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, he looks like several other people. Yeah. I mean, in- he's buddies with Guy Fieri. Cool. Guy Fieri helped him eat 24 eggs for charity. <laughs> oh, wow. It, yeah. He looks I wish he'd help me. He, he do doesn't that. have the he doesn't have the bleached blonde hair in the video. Yeah. But yeah. He definitely yeah. comes to look like Guy Fieri. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the music video situates the song in pop culture in a way that it's probably more thoughtful than the the actual band is capable of. Hmm. But I don't know. We'll see. That's uh, I don't know. I mean, any any uh, memories, positive or negative, that you associate with it? I mean, man, I just like I feel like uh, we're in a real sweet spot for me. Like kind of starting with, uh, God, back when we covered um, uh, Semi-Charmed Life, like we're in a run, like from there until the end of 97, we're on a run of like songs that I remember very, very uh, vividly, like the music videos and just memories of sneaking, watching MTV. Mm-hmm. to see these songs and listening to 89X and um yeah I I definitely recall listening to this song and recording it um on cassette tape um in my bedroom in the summer of 97 and um yeah yeah just simple simple good memories cool uh, and Quill, you do hear this kind of fitting in with the ska wave? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, and, and I think that, um, I mean, I know we'll talk more about the album, um, but I think generally the, the album ended up being more like ska and like pop punk than I expected. Um, but I mean, this song is a bit different, um, but it, it's definitely, uh it's definitely ska like the chorus is ska it's got upstrokes and um there are other more ska songs on the album but i yeah this is like you kind of mentioned mod like it's more of like 70s like two-tone like ska than um like the you know third wave ska punk but i think there is third wave ska on this album too um yeah. I've never heard that. And uh I know you're not usually wrong about your well, especially when you can like back up what you're saying by saying, you know, there's there's ska guitar parts at a certain part of the song, but like I don't hear any real elements of ska in this song. Um and I may have just completely overlooked the guitars in the chorus, but um yeah it doesn't to me you, it's just like are you calling like me a liar 
I'm doing the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You scoundrel. <laughs> I'm trying to say you're you're a truth teller. And uh that I don't doubt you, but I don't I yeah. don't hear it and I haven't heard it. Um so I, I just think it's uh it seems like yeah, kind of a, a kitschy sixties Austin Powers mod thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um more than anything. Which I guess fits in with ska as well as any other major musical movement at the time. Yeah. Well, and let me say, like, um, before noticing the upstrokes on the guitar uh, during the chorus, like this time listening to it, I, I never, I never noticed it before, and it's on like my Aiden and X playlist. Like I've listened to the song probably multiple times within the past couple of years. And never really noticed it until digging in for the album. Um, I think that before that, I think I always thought of it in the same wheelhouse as like Sublime and Sugar Ray, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not so much ska punk, but um, the kind of thing that Sugar Ray and Sublime blind work kind of doing so don't delay act now supplies are running out a lot with you still alive since two eight years to arrive and if you follow i've maybe associated them with like cake or like mm. uh goldfinger or like some uh, like jokey kind of bands mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um anything else about the song it rocks yeah i don't think so it, it just yeah it sounds so good i i think the biggest takeaway for me is i I think they just really recorded the song well. Like it just sounds so mm-hmm. so good. Like yeah, would you say it's it's uh, there's a good groove going on? Yes, absolutely. It's a good groove. Yes, drummer's really in the pocket. Really in the pocket, just doing exactly <laughs> exactly what is needed, killing it. Yeah. All right, so as Quillen has said, this is essentially a ska punk band. Steve Harwell had been in a rap group called FOS, uh, which stands for Freedom of Speech, oh, boy. In, uh, <laughs> earlier in the decade. It makes, and so it makes so much sense with him becoming. Isn't he an anti-vaxer? Oh, yes. He, uh, well, he they played a, a motorcycle rally at the peak of COVID and he said, you know, F this COVID S or something like that. Right. And then it turned out to be a super spreader event, right. which yeah. I don't know, whatever. I yeah. Mean, um, I mean, I would agree with that. I'm not a fan of COVID either. Sure. Sure. I think that's probably the speech he was using, right? He was just <laughs> kind of saying that COVID's bad. What about when he used a Nazi salute in public? Oh, oh Jesus. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing that happened? Did he really? Yeah, yeah it's a thing that happened. Oh, oh God. Steve.
we're in the period of the 90s where like it's not a surprise to find out that anybody was a white rapper, you know, a couple of years before they were discovered. We're we're kind of disappointed that when we did the Third Eye Blind episode, we did not know about Stephen Jenkins' former rap group Puck and Natty, <laughs> which it seemed like the world found out about like a week after we mm-hmm. released our podcast. But anyway, he kind of raps like Chuck D. It was surprisingly uh, something like he's got the charisma to kind of carry it. Um, which I think kind of leads, I'll lead into thoughts about the album, the uh, Fushu Meng, uh, not the FOS album. Um, and, uh, it had a good sample and he just sort of like, it seemed like he was not embarrassed at all, like, or self-conscious in any way, which was sort of convincing. Anyways, the Smash Mouth album, I was... I can't believe you guys hate it so much. I was just like, this is kind of good. It's not good. It's not good. But it's not bad. The first song was pretty good. Uh, and then it, that was it. Like, just, I, I think that, um, I think that it was probably not as bad as I expected it to be. It's, um, it's a party album. It's a party band. More than anything. This is like frat rock party bands from like the 60s. Mm-hmm. Like that was a thing that used to happen and they do covers and just like you could think of them like playing your backyard party and they would be perfect. It was good vibes all the way through. Um, good energy, fun, all of that. Uh, the first song is called Flow and it was like kind of a jaw dropper. I was like, this is awesome. What's going on? So (laughs) so I didn't think it was awesome, but I had a similar experience where I was just like, whoa, this is a pretty good way to open the album. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, and and there you know I think the second song was good too, and then it goes into like walking on the sun, and I'm like, oh my god, is this gonna be good? Am I gonna <laughs> like this? Is this gonna and be it, villains by the verb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, high praise, but yeah, then it started to kind of like slow down a little bit, but there was no point in the album where I was like, oh, this sucks, or this is a slog, or I hate this, or wow. I can't wait for this to be done. It was just sort of like, yeah, they're a little jokey, and um, mm-hmm. they're just trying to have a good time, man. It helps Don't harsh it- their mellow. It helps that the running time of the album, I think, is like 37 minutes or something like that. Like, it's yeah. not not overwhelming. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know that there were highlights beyond those first three songs, but I was really um, taken aback by um, how solid I thought those first three songs were. And, um, and there were no points in the album where I was like, okay, this is like... Uh, what was stand and salute or whatever the sugar ray song was where it was stand like holy, deliver. holy cow this is diddly quack quack <laughs> yes right <laughs> yeah uh there wasn't anything like that it was just sort of like okay 
Hmm. Um, good, good job, I guess. Huh. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Look, it sounds like they're having fun. That's I think that's the best thing that I can say about this album. I'm not angry with Smash Mouth for having fun. I'm angry with the label for releasing this. <laughs> I just like, what are you what why why is this the thing that you're pushing of all the things that you're pushing? This is very much the sound of a band that is not ready for this kind of exposure. Yeah, they should be playing backyards, but is there a single kid out there who spent their fifteen dollars allowance on this CD and did not have regrets about it? Like the same thing as floored, like the mm. Sugar Ray album. Nobody bought this album and was like, "Oh, this was worth my money. This is what I was expecting, and this is, you know, this is I'm pleased with the way that I spent my money." It's like you gotta sometimes wait a week, two weeks, to pay for a CD when you're 12 years old, and to get this CD, what a what a fucking outrage! <laughs> oh my god. Hell, I've never heard you okay, so enraged so, on this show. <laughs> on this podcast. All right, there's this song called Let's Rock, where they just, the chorus is just let's rock, and they go really fast. And yeah. they've got a song about their noisy neighbor calling the cops on them. Oh, and boy. then uh, they've got this song called Pet Names. Can I share some lyrics from Pet Names? Please. You're not going to do it justice. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember applying for a name change. So why is it you're calling me Mr. Deranged? Um, here's another verse. You used to call me Pumpkin. Now I'm Halloween. Remember when I used to be your jelly bean? You used to call me Snookums and shit like that. Now you're after me with a baseball bat. <laughs> if, if Rodney Dangerfield were singing these lyrics, it would be entertaining. Um, is there really a line that is in shit like that? Yeah. Oh. That's so good. And then there's a song, a surf song about how much gangsters like Italian food, I think. Oh, I didn't. They they that. they get a cappuccino and then they get their they just go through all these Italian sounding <laughs> words and talk about the kind of foods that gangsters like. Um there's nothing even like I mean I I understand that there are three singles, but there's nothing even approaching a second single from this except maybe the cover of Why Can't We Be Friends, which has some nice changes in it that you know are in the original version. So I am not at all surprised that this is a band that's become known for, you know, a monkey's cover that was on a Shrek soundtrack. I agree uh, that and there All-Star. is Yeah. And All-Star. There's no second single. That is fair. But like what alternative band in 1997 was getting overlooked in favor of this? Like the, the whole sound of everything was like dying and becoming something like everybody was just kind of like splintering off into like different directions Mm -hmm. and doing different things. And so it's not like, I mean, short of a drastic change of like maybe spotlighting some like emo bands like right as that was coming up that could have worked out but otherwise like what what is there like this is all that there was in rock music in 1997 there wasn't a lot there i get if you're asking maybe what's out there that's commercially viable but i mean like 1997 is i mean it's going to be really hard for I think any of us to make a top five list for this year because it's it's crazy. Nineteen ninety seven's insane. Yeah, it's uh, got, it's Puffy's world in ninety seven. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, red and blue jeans was going to be, you know, a hit on 89X or or whatever. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just a bad time. I I think so. And there's, you know, there's a market probably for kids who are still like hanging on to grunge or trying to catch the tail end of it as it's dying. Mm -hmm. And this is what the death rattle sounds like. Yeah, I mean, you could see some interesting possibilities for where pop music could go from here. I'm not sure that any of them actually pan out. Uh, but, again, I'm not angry with Smash Mouth. I'm angry with the, the, the industry that supported Smash Mouth. I don't, yeah, it's tough to argue that. But, yeah, I mean, they were, doing a, they were doing a lot of stuff that wasn't great. I don't know, well, that doesn't, uh, yeah. I didn't mean yeah. to distract from your point. You're right. No, that's okay. It's all right. I'm, I'm done being self-righteous. I do like the song, Sorry About Your Penis, which is about like... <laughs> which again is a, who, a B-side, not a... Men who drive uh, big cars and things like that. And, and uh, he, yeah, he sings Sorry About Your Penis. <laughs> I, just, men. I, I tried. I listened to it like three times, trying uh-huh. to pay attention to the lyrics, and I couldn't. Because I just yeah, kept thinking about how the song was called Sorry About Your Penis. And then it would get to the chorus and he would sing Sorry About Your Penis. I just yeah. couldn't. I could not focus. Um, <laughs> it's the 1997 version of uh, an attack on toxic masculinity. Yeah. Of course, implying that someone is a lesser person because their penis is small is another yeah. variation on toxic masculinity. Yeah. Is, but, is that what uh, it's the, about? The, 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 it's not about like yeah. accidentally hurting the dude's penis no or? no it's about it's about it's about flashy bros okay yeah i interpreted it just again solely based off not being able to follow the lyrics as being like sorry about your penis that i accidentally like whacked with the back of my hand or something like that like or like sorry that i chopped off your penis or i don't know yeah. something like that oh that could be that could be funny too how'd you get your hands so tied it legs, you might as well fight. It's February, you got a ten. I gotta hand it to you, man. You're the bully of the bar, trying to stand tall, thinking you can take them all. Sorry about your penis. Sorry about your penis. Sorry about your penis. Other singles, the Fonz. Uh, did not chart any uh, any feelings of affection for that one. Fuck no, I don't. I don't remember ever hearing it before, and uh, yeah. I, I did not care for it. If you're making references to you know '60s vibes, it's about the laziest one that you could possibly make. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any memory of this song. Okay, I listened to it yesterday. Yeah. 
How about Why Can't We Be Friends? Modern Rock number 28. I mean, I definitely remember that being a single and hearing it. I never cared for their cover of it. I had not heard the cover before I heard the original, or I had not heard the original before I heard the cover, and I do think that there are some um, some great chord changes in it, so I do have a little bit of affection for it. Uh, yeah, I exactly. There are a couple of cool chord changes that I liked, um, but I don't know. War, I don't know about war. I've never felt great about their whole thing. And, uh, (laughs) so yeah, I don't know that the song is good or, uh, you know, to begin with, but yeah, the chord changes are good. It's not worth covering or worth releasing as a single. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on all-star or the rest of Smash Mouth's career? Hold on really quick before we get there. Did either of you listen to the let's active cover also that was on on the B sides? Yeah, that was weird. No. Totally a surprise. Um I mean it just sounds like a true to true to the original uh cover of um Every Word Means No. Uh I'm not familiar with the original. This is oh, Mitch Easter's yeah, band, yeah, right? Yeah, Mitch yeah. Easter yeah. who recorded Murmur by R.E.M. and yeah. a plethora of other things. Um Yeah, I've never really listened to Let's Active. Oh, I guess I didn't realize that. I that the EP that that song is on is like great, great jangle pop. Um, and that song is really good. I really, really like the song. Um, and their, their cover is pretty good. I mean, it's just true. You know, it's no different. It's just them playing, playing the song straight. Yeah. I wonder what they were into. Yeah. I know. it, It makes me question like, right. What? Yeah. What their influences actually were. I don't know. Um, yeah, so thoughts on uh, All-Star or the rest of Smash Mouth's career? I hated All-Star until it was memed. Um, I, th- there was a good year where I would laugh at every video on YouTube I would see that was like, All-Star by Smash Mouth, only it gets every, it gets faster every time he says, hey now, or, you know, like uh things like that and uh oh man there were so many good funny edits um there was like an orchestral one that was really really funny um anyways yeah i i liked the song for that um when i was a kid i i didn't care for Yeah, I always hated it until uh, I had the hate beaten out of me through repetition of hearing the song and finally gave up and I was like, all right, fine. (laughs) <laughs> all stars okay <laughs> it's okay with me yeah i give I, I never i never particularly disliked it but i I've, i don't have any feelings for it i've never listened to anything else by them outside of all star and hearing the monkeys cover 
from seeing Shrek. All Stars like mm. not even music. Else. It's beyond music. It's something else. It's sound, but it's like I, I don't know. There are all these uh, associations that come with it that make it something other than just like hearing a song. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, it's okay. it's. Uh, th- there are not many songs. I mean, maybe Smooth is like that too. Ooh, but um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, where it's just like there are so many, like Quillen said, there are so many funny videos and things that you kind of associate with it that you tend to think more about those things than the actual song you're listening to. And maybe you go, oh, actually, like I'm having a good time listening to this because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about all the ridiculousness associated with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really good point. They had a few other singles, though, right? They had like other like um, singles that they wrote, like. And then the morning comes, and maybe another song that I'm. <laughs> I think that might be the only one. Is it really? The only one that did anything. I don't even hmm. know what you're talking about. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, can't can't get enough of you, baby. Oh, right. That's another single. Astro Lounge had three songs that I know. Was that not That's a cover? From... It could be. I do remember. Oh, actually, it might be. It might be like a, it might be a question mark of the Mysterians cover from 1980. Oh, no question mark of the Mysterians. Wait, uh, from uh, 1967. The Four Seasons did it too. Huh. Yeah, I guess it's a. I guess it's a cover. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean that kind of goes to show. Like they're covering 60s songs. That's their thing. They just want to. They just want to party, have a good time. All right. Well, best wishes to Smash Bros. <laughs> no, they, the, no. <laughs> uh, Steve Harwell has now left the. Oh, band. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Okay. The other thing I had made note about the uh, the uh, the COVID super spreader, the Nazi salute, and then there is this time that people were throwing bread at him at some kind of food festival. And he went on some big rant and the, the band was playing the intro to All Star the entire time that he was like <laughs> cussing out people in the audience for throwing bread at him. So that was the other thing <laughs> that that I had read about. Um yeah, anyway, yeah, he's he's not in the band anymore. Yeah. He self removed himself. Back, Something like yeah. that. Back to he, FOS. Yeah. Yeah. Well let's hear an FOS yep. album. Finally he can get some freedom of speech. <laughs> All right, let's go to the charts. Yeah. Uh, on the mainstream rock chart, Pink by Aerosmith is uh, we're still rocking the charts pretty hard, uh, but it's going to give way to Days of the New, Touch, Peel, and Stand. I already made this joke in the green room, but this is my favorite Alice in Chains song. Ha. <laughs> laugh track. Yeah, he laughed so hard at it, it the, an hour ago that he doesn't have any laughter left. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good song. I know, right? Oh, I'm glad to hear you say that. It is. Days of the New Rock. You like the groove you like the groove on it? The the what? The groove? Oh yeah. The groove. That's about oh, yeah. yeah. That's about what I have to say about it. I like the groove. Is the drummer playing with hot rods? 
Oh. Shit, I wish I had paid attention to that when I listened to it. Yeah. He is doing a super straight Lane Staley impression, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, they heard Jar of, Jar of Flies and were like, oh, that's it. That's our thing. Yeah. Forever. They're not doing the, like, uh, Staley, Jerry Cantrell-like harmonies, though. No. No. They're just doing, no. Yeah. I think that's deceivingly like complex. I think that's deceivingly complex. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can do your, your Lane Staley impression as the much har- as you want. The harmonies um, are complex? I think they are. Oh, for yeah, sure. I think they're, they're not very like um, intuitive in any way. Like They really like kind of map them out. So. Yes, definitely. Um, and I mean, and there's also like just the Alice in Chains harmony. So if they were to do that, it might be a step too far. Yes. Um, yes, right, right. But yeah, otherwise mm-hmm. they're totally singing like probably a combination of Lane Staley and Jer- Jerry Cantrell, like right in between. <laughs> and um, yeah, drop D acoustic song. Not, not many of them playing power chords. Yeah. Not, not a ballad. Yeah. Yeah. No. I really like. I liked it as a kid too. I, yeah, I I mentioned before we started recording that I liked Shelf in the Room more, um, their second single from this album, which I think sounds more like an Alice in Chains song. Um, it's a prettier, more haunting, still not a ballad, but like slower, um, less groovy. Um, I don't know, prettier. Um. I think that's a good song. This this one is, it's cool, I guess, but yeah, a little cornball for me, maybe. Yeah, I find myself being especially like nostalgic for those singles from this album right now, where I'll, I'll hear like Shelf in the Room or The Downtown, which I also mentioned being a song that I write, like really, truly love right now. Um, and just uh, getting something out of it that I don't get from anything else right now so um days of the new trev trev have you bought this on vinyl yet this album it doesn't exist ah i've checked all right on the pop chart we go from (laughs) honey by mariah carey which we've talked about before hold on real real quick i don't think i ever chimed in on honey maybe i did i don't know the song. You don't edit the episode, so you don't hear these conversations four times. I just want to say that song <laughs> slaps. Okay. Yeah. I think our, previously our main conversation was us trying to figure out whether it was uh, produced by Puff yeah. Daddy, which we discovered that, yes, yes it is. Yes, okay. I remember that. I think that yeah. I just didn't really chime in much because I couldn't quite remember the song. Yeah. I, sure. It is awesome. Um, we go from there to Four Seasons of Loneliness by Boys to Men. Thoughts or feelings? From the uh, follow-up to the self-titled album? To two. Or to two. Right? To two. Oh, I guess it is boys, men with the big two. Uh, Roman numeral two. And that's the album title. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was their second album. Yeah. Um, this song. <laughs> we finally cracked the code. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this song was much more boring than any of, this, any of their previous singles, in my opinion. I can't believe that we're beyond two. I felt like yeah. I felt like its reign lasted for four years. Yeah. Uh, then we go to "Candle in the Wind" by Elton John, and tra- <clears throat> Travis has been very insistent on making sure we understand this is "Candle in the Wind," 1997. No, "Candle in the Wind," 97. "Candle in the Wind," 97. Year of Our Lord. <laughs> M. Stop it. No, it's just Candle in the Wind, 97. But hold on. Isn't it also two? Is it two songs? I mean, that's what the, the single was. Candle in the Wind slash something about the way you look tonight? Was that It wasn't like-, like a medley of the two songs, was it? I don't think it was. I mean, that's what it. No, it was. I don't think that's it was. That's what it says on like. All of our documentation, it's both both songs listed. So this <laughs> candle song, this is from The Lion King or what? Uh, Princess Diana's funeral. Okay. Right? They were, mm-hmm. He played uh, at her funeral and changed the words from Candle in the Wind 73 to uh, uh, lyrics about his friend who died, Alec. Boy, if you mm-hmm. all could hear the vitriol he was unleashing about Elton John before we started. I, I, you know, I, uh, oh I disapprove of Elton John and I disapprove of the monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> this song said a double, double loser for me. So it is a double A side single, something about the way you look tonight, slash Candle in the Wind, 1997. Now, that one, that one, the B-side, that's from The Lion King, right? That's what I thought, but... It's not a B-side, it's a double (laughs) A-side. Uh-huh. A2 cannot be about a lion, right? A lion singing about the way another lion looks tonight? I don't think so. Yeah, I I mean, there is a romantic element to Lion King, right? Simba has a little lady love. Yeah. Yeah. Really? They might even feel some love tonight. Oh, yeah, that's different. That's different. Right. There's no way they would put Can You Feel the Love Tonight and Something About the Way You Look Tonight on the same soundtrack. Well, Lion King was definitely before this also. Is that what the... What, I didn't uh-huh. know. What was, okay, that was the movie. Right? Did he not, though, didn't he not rewrite Candle in the Wind for Lion King, though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Let's stop talking about this. I think so. <laughs> it was uh, something about the candles in the wind tonight was yeah. on the Lion King soundtrack. It's from when Mustafa dies. Yes, 94. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's Candle in the Wind, 94. <laughs> that's, that's something about the candles in the wind tonight, 94. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert, by the way. About... Mus- <laughs> about- <laughs> There being For those a, of you who haven't seen Lion King No, yet. about there being a 1994 version of the song, too. Oh. No, just kidding. Not about Mustafa? For people, re- for people reading a book about Candle in the Wind, <laughs> no, we don't we want to give them spoilers? Exactly. Okay. Uh, good stuff, guys. Um, let's talk about the modern rock chart. Some highlights that you all see? Yeah. The Rascal King. Yeah, I, I was going to say there's, uh, you know, uh, a list of songs that we've talked about previously. Hitchin' a Ride by Green Day, The Rascal King by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Graduate by Third Eye Blind, 
remember when we talked about Talk Show back in our Stunt Temple Pilots special? Oh, yeah. They're on the charts with uh, Hello, Hello. They've arrived. Um, we haven't talked about the Sundays. No, and I wanted to. Uh, yeah. I know that they're like kind of a classic dream pop or jangle pop band. Kind of both. Yeah. I, I had, I mean, the, this was my introduction to them back in the day and I never followed up and I never knew until like, you know, at this point, maybe 10 years ago that they were like an underground, like highly regarded band. Um, but, and they had a big single, you know, I don't, I can't remember. Did Bef- we talk about here? Before where, this? Where story oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. No, that was from, from ni- 92. 90. Oh, 90. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So their first album is really good all the way through. Yeah. It's reading, awesome. writing and arithmetic. Yes. Um, that single Quill, you know it. Okay. This album is pretty different. I don't. I don't remember liking this album all the way through. But this song, uh, "Summertime," is really it's great. Awesome! It is such yeah. a sweet song. Yeah, great pop. It's just a pop song. It's a really, really good pop song. Yeah. Travis is smirking. He does not like the song. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I knew that. You don't? Yeah, I don't. I love reading, writing, and arithmetic. And maybe I'm comparing this song to that, and it's so drastically different um, that. I don't allow for people to be able to change. So um, it's not really like a, it it doesn't feel like the same kind of band. Um, Yeah. And I just, I I find something kind of like uh, maybe a little irritating about this song. I love it because the melody is really catchy. It's got a really great bouncy beat. Um, super jangly guitars and then all this like gnarly like noodly guitar stuff um on top of it in different places and yeah I, I don't know it's just a cool song and i loved it as a kid i i really yeah. really really liked the song as a kid I just, it's such a happy nice pop it's just so beautifully produced mm-hmm. and so beautifully sung i yeah i like it a yeah. lot Uh, can't you trip like I do? Yeah, I sure can. <laughs> Filter and Crystal Method. <laughs> Did either of you like this song? I think the song. Yeah, oh, really. No. I think the song sucks. I, <laughs> I think I specifically really liked the chorus when it spe- speeds up, or like a- yeah. after that point. Yeah. Well, yeah. When he sings, you know, can't yeah. you trip like I do? I I didn't remember the song speeding up. Really doing a Resner impression there in the chorus. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. 
Um, I watched that. That's from the Spawn soundtrack, which I'm sure we've talked about before, where they got they did team yeah. ups throughout the soundtrack. And mm-hmm. I watched Spawn for the first time about a year ago. I'd always wanted to see it when I was a kid. It is like really, really terrible. Yeah, mm. it's truly, truly bad. I, uh, like not not in an entertaining. I way. saw it twice in the theater as a kid. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I really liked Spawn. So, I don't understand why my parents <laughs> let me go see it. Cause it's, you know, do you know, like Spawn is like a superhero spoiler alert from hell. Uh, like yeah. the, the <laughs> character died and goes to hell and then is like brought back from hell to fight other demons or something. I don't fucking know. And, uh, I, I'm really surprised that my parents let me, read spawn comics and yeah go see that movie but uh yeah i saw it twice and was severely disappointed uh, <laughs> both times i don't know why <laughs> okay. i don't All know right. why i saw it a second time <laughs> uh, um we've never talked about letdown by radiohead no which is did we ever talk about paranoid android because that was the first single from we okay Computer. We probably mentioned Wait. it. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paranoid Android was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I'm sorry. Let Done was the second single, and it was pretty, like, unassuming. Like, there was no music video. Um, yeah. I just, I, yeah, I definitely remember, like, Paranoid Android is what hooked me, like, made me interested in Radiohead. And then... Mm-hmm. And then let down. I remember hearing on 89X and being like, "Oh my god! Like, okay, I guess I need to check out this album." I I, yeah. I never liked uh, Creep when I was a kid, and I never heard anything from the Benz until after I got into OK Computer. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think you guys know this is like pretty much my favorite Radiohead song. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I so I listened to this um you know I when I was a kid I got okay computer really fast after seeing the paranoid android video and um I used to mix up let down and no surprises because of the chimey guitars yeah sure yeah sure but as an adult they sound totally different sure anyways yeah. I saw or I listened to this album on a flight back from our friend Tom's bachelor party in the last five years or so and um hearing it in headphones was a completely like different experience being able to pick out all the things um that are going on and coming out of there's like the the middle section where it kind of slows down and there's like the tom's uh, and the synthy like, kind of uh runs happening the yep. digital kind of keyboard thing happening and then it goes into that last verse and the vocals from the verse are panned hard to like one side and then like it just keeps like he ends the verse by like just holding this falsetto note mm-hmm. that he carries mm-hmm. for like 30 seconds. And then the other side, like in like if that's happening in the right ear, like the left ear, like another like lead yeah. vocal comes in. And meanwhile, he's doing this beautiful falsetto stuff in the right ear that gets kind of like lost in the mix if you're not paying attention to it. But if you just stay focused on it, it's a, an amazing experience.
dude. I, yeah, that, that part of the so song. <laughs> that's like the the vocal performance ugh. is so impassioned at that part too. Is the the part where he says that you'll know you know where you are with yeah 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 floor collapsed and falling yeah, um, yeah that's a moving. Song. It is such a great song. Uh, I loved as a kid. I think what hooked me was the outro with the acoustic guitar and the like the synth like blips and bloops happening. I think that was Mm -hmm. like at that time I had not really heard something like that. Like the mix of synthesized sounds and, and, and acoustic guitar and stuff. And it was just a really cool thing to me. And then as I got older, like just and getting into like that super chimey guitar sound. um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like one of my all time favorite guitar songs and then yeah like trev the specific part that you were talking about with with tom york's vocals it's like gives me goosebumps to this day it's like one of the one of the greatest moments in music for me in my life like Mm -hmm. i just yeah i this song has never um like dwindled in in quality for me it's just yeah really really an all-time like affecting song for me the thing that I always think about with the guitars and uh, bells is that somehow it kind of sounds like snow falling more successfully than I can think of like any other, yeah. like using guitar to, to approximate that. Mm. Uh, there are moments on Kid A that give me, that are similar, that give me chills stronger than that. There's a part in um, Morning Bell where they go mm. like the whole song's been kind of minor and then there's a part where it goes major do, do, where do, i get the same do, feeling do, do the climbing bass um, part yep uh yeah so i don't know radiohead good band dude pretty good <laughs> yes uh what else do you all see well to piggyback on that i'd like to talk about my town by bucko nine this is just a great great ska song (laughs) with a great like seriously i totally totally great ska song um did either of you know that song i trev i bet you you knew a buck oh nine right like yes they were not as popular as the boston's or real big fish or any of those bands but um i and you i know in your circles of uh friends you had to be Bucko Nine fans. Yeah, yeah. We were Bucko Nine boys. Did Did you ever <laughs> hear the uh, "Pass the Duchy" cover? That they oh did? no! Oh, for real? No. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. It's really? like really, really good. Yeah, yeah. They did huh. a really good cover of that song. Yeah. Uh, I think it was from before this time. I think it was like earlier in the nineties, but um. What else? Uh, we talked about This Lonely Place by Goldfinger a little bit before. I listened to it myself for the first time in a while this round, and it's it's good. You Al, you mentioned it has a little bit of a Beatles thing going. Um, yeah, it feels like Sgt. <clears throat> yeah. Pepper's production. Yeah, <clears throat> Like Ska, Ska Sgt. Pepper's kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sgt. Peppers. Sgt. Peppers. There it is, thank you. Um... <laughs> I got to talk about Prisoner by 311, which is a jam. Uh, Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I love that song. It's so good. It's, what it's, do you like about it? 
Uh, the melody, the <laughs> harmonies, the music. It sounds like Animal Collective. I, I think I'm pretty sure I've told you this before, Trav. Yeah. Jokingly, I, I like to joke that I think 311 were a big influence on Animal Collective. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's that far-fetched to say. I think that they would rather die than ever admit something like that if it were true but i uh man the harmonies are like for real the vocal harmonies are so much like panda bear and av tear in uh animal collective it's really funny um but yeah i i think it's a cool song actually it's like the one 311 song that i i think is actually pretty good I had a couple I wanted to acknowledge, uh, you know, we talked about, do you know what I mean by Oasis a couple of weeks ago? And I hadn't actually listened to it uh, when we were talking about it, you know, in probably 20 years. And uh, I heard it recently and I was like, eh, it's kind of good. <laughs> it's it's very empty and vapid, like we were saying, like there's nothing to it beyond just like, you know, this is a rock song that has some lyrics to it, uh, but I enjoyed it. Um, Beyond that, there is a song on the charts uh, called Long, Long Time by Love Spit Love that I thought was interesting only because that is the singer from the Psychedelic Furs, Richard Butler, who I was constantly reminded of listening to the Smash Mouth album. He sounds like the guy from Psychedelic Furs. I think we talked about Love Spit Love previously. I think that they were on the charts like... Angus oh, soundtrack. that's what it was. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Yeah. I don't have much oh, to say about strange. it beyond that. Um, and then in addition, there are just a couple of crazy things that I don't really know about. There is a Blues Traveler album in 1997 <laughs> called Straight On Till Morning. They have a song on the charts. What is that Had song no called, by yeah. the way? What is the, the title S- of the... So precarious. <laughs> Most precarious. <laughs> Most precarious. <laughs> I owned that album. You did? Yeah. What was it like? I did. Tell us about it. It was good. It, it just <laughs> felt, you know, if you were really? walking along a, if you were walking along a railroad track with a bindle stick, you know, uh, <laughs> looking for a freight train to hop on, you could do worse for your soundtrack. That no, I enjoyed it. Wow. I don't remember what the single was that prompted me to buy that album, but there was a single that must have gotten at least a tad of airplay. Let me take a quick look. Yeah, you- it's interesting to hear you say that because I, like, to me, Blues Traveler completely disappeared after four. Like, I mm-hmm. had no, there was no trace of them at any point after after four. So I was yeah. just shocked to see that they had a song on the charts or even an album here. I figured that mm-hmm. they maybe broke up or something. No, no, I had this album. The The, the song that I'm thinking of that I bought it for must have been this song called Carolina Blues. I'm I'm checking it out real quick and see if I can. Okay, yeah, I remember Carolina Blues. It's like a, it sounds like a Black Crow song. I mean, it's just a straight grooving. <laughs> uh, Travis is interested now. <laughs> yeah, Black Crows, you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds it sounds like the Black Crows. Oh. Sunrise 
put it yeah. on my Amazon want list. <laughs> Just okay. the MP3. Did either of you like the um, Dandy Warhol song? Yeah. Not if you were the last junkie on Earth. I I did not get that as a kid. Uh, the song like I I. I, it just sounded like trash to me as a kid, but yeah, it's sweet. It's it's good. Stones, like, right? Yeah, right. Like bluesy kind of glammy rock, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like Keith Richards tuning too. Yeah, it's pretty If pretty I remember cool. correctly. Yeah. Pretty cool song. Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff in the the second half of these charts. Yeah. All right, let's rate Walking on the Sun. Yeah. God, I'll go first, but I gotta say, this is, it's so weird to have to rate songs with respect to the time frame on the same scale that we used for songs from 95. Like, if I give this song like a four, there's no way it's as good as the fours that I was giving in 95. It's just yeah. so hard to maintain that consistency. So I'll say uh, 3.75. Uh, penises that I'm sorry about. <laughs> I was going to use the same unit of measure, of course. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I really wasn't thinking about it. It just kind of, no. that's the obvious pick. Right? Yes, absolutely. Dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm giving walking on the sun a 4.5 penises that I'm sorry about. Wow. Yeah. Very good. Very, very uh, good. I'm going to give it three monkeys covers. Just, just, just barely good. I, I'm like shocked that you guys liked it as much. Yeah. I, I thought yeah. that this was going to make panned. me lower my number. Okay. Flow is a 4.25, but that's a different wow. conversation. Oh, no. <laughs> well, tell me all your thoughts on pod as part of the off shelf family. Head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine. The best, most fun way for us to communicate with all of you is via our Facebook group, Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. You can listen along with our playlist on Spotify, Apple Music, or watch along on YouTube. Next week, based on my limited understanding of British slang, it's a song about drinking piss, I think? (laughs) It's uh, Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.